Hello and welcome to the podcast from the Foundation for Science and Technology. This is the third of a series of podcasts about semiconductors in advance of an event being held by the Foundation for Science and Technology on the 24th of May on the UK Semiconductor Strategy. My guest this week is Ian Croston, General Manager of Coherent. Ian Croston, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Gavin. It's really great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So for those of us less familiar with Coherent, can you give us a brief introduction to the company? Sure. Well, Coherent is uh, headquartered in Pennsylvania on the east coast of the US and uh, is a global leader in engineered materials, components and uh, of subsystems in markets such as communications, telecoms, industrial, um, electronics and instrumentation. The company has been around since about 1971, so it's uh, pretty well uh, embedded and listed on the uh, stock exchange in New York with northwards of around uh, 20,000 employees in more than 100 locations across the globe. I'm based in uh, Newton Aycliffe uh, and for those for those of you who don't know where Newton Aycliffe is it's kind of near Darlington and Durham in the northeast of England and at my facility in Newton Aycliffe uh, we manufacture compound semiconductor products in a great purpose-built facility um, and we we manufacture these products and we supply to our defense and consumer electronics customers. And we employ around 150 people uh, here in Newton Aycliffe. It's a beautiful part of the world. Is that the only coherent activity in the UK or do you have other things uh, across other parts of the UK? Um, we have a, another manufacturing facility, manufacturing laser systems up in Glasgow. And in fact, they've recently undergone an expansion last year. But We've been part of uh, Coherent or 2.6, as some people uh, might recognise us since 2017. We're a medium to large scale uh, semiconductor fab of around 100,000 square foot. Uh, and we're equipped for three and six inch indium phosphide and gallium arsenide compound semiconductor products. And we, we manufacture both wafer uh, and dye product products. We scaled rapidly in 2022 to meet an aggressive customer demand ramp. And I think really there were two things that really helped us to uh, deliver successfully for our customer. One was our people. You know, we have an experienced team who have and continue to perform great things for our customers. You know, ex executing a, a successful ramp is not easy. You need experience. You need experience in the technology, experience in scaling new products, and you need to have the hunger to succeed in very challenging conditions. And my team has that in spades. And then I, talk, I just made reference to the building. We have a, a great building, it's purpose-built. Um, it's been around for quite a number of years now, but um, it's been upgraded through the years. So we were, we were lucky to have those two um, factors really help us in, um, in growing the business over the last couple of years. So that's coherent, and you are right in the centre of semiconductor manufacture in the UK. And we are all of us waiting for the UK semiconductor strategy. Uh, and I should say we're recording this podcast on the morning of the 18th of May and uh, expecting that strategy anytime. It may even be today, but it hasn't come out just at the moment. What would you like to see in that strategy to ensure that companies like Coherent can thrive and particularly can thrive in the UK? Yes, I'm uh, waiting for the strategy to be published as you, as you speak. So I think what's important for us to consider is that semiconductors are a vital part of our everyday lives. And they're in almost everything we touch, at least electronically. And the UK, the UK though, cannot and should not aim to meet all our semiconductor needs 
domestically. It's a global activity, but what we should do is we should capitalise on where the UK has genuine world leading edge, including research and development R&D in the design in compound semiconductors, but also in advanced manufacturing. And I think what I see a lot from the government at the moment is a lot of focus on innovation R&D, less on getting from R&D and innovation through to manufacturing, scaling to production and delivering product to customers. And that's an area that I think the government need to focus on in partnership with industry, as well as focusing on R&D. But I think fundamentally for the sector, uh, and for the semiconductor strategy, I, th I believe there are three focus areas. Obviously, this is all about growth. It's all about jobs. It's all about investment. And it's all about building for the future. So growing the UK semiconductor sector is critical. We need to build on our existing strengths, particularly compound semiconductors. And I talked earlier on about design and R&D. And it, it means investing not only in research and development, but also partnering with companies in the scaling up of production, even the building of factories and being able to deliver product in volume to to new markets. You know, with, there's a lot of talk at the moment about net zero and critical infrastructure around uh, vehicle charging and power electronics. And that's really something that the government can can actually help industry to deliver on. I think the second piece is around safeguarding the UK and securing supply chain disruption or, or preventing or minimizing supply chain disruption. We need to grow and establish core manufacturing capability in the UK in areas of our national interest. Only by investing in, in the manufacturing sector are you going to reduce the risk in your supply chain from disruption. Only then can you, if you have the control in the UK, then you're less likely to suffer disruption. And then finally, a third factor I think is around securing the UK against security risks. And it's it's kind of related to the second aspect, but it's something a little bit more specific because it's ensuring that the core technology that you need needs to be manufactured and supplied from the UK, which is critical to the defence of the realm. And I, and I talk a lot about defence of the realm a lot within my organisation because we have a role to play in supplying defence customers some really, really critical components. And we do that from our manufacturing site in the UK. It's important that we recognize that and continue to grow it. So looking at those three things in turn, it, it very much seems that uh, you need the first one, growth, in order to have any chance of delivering the second two, the safeguarding and security, um, because you need to have a sufficient supply in the UK. I know you've mentioned uh, the government should focus on growth uh, and invest in scale up. What does this mean in practical terms? Is this uh, cash? Is this bringing industry together? Is this greater working with catapults? Is this what what are we talking about uh, in terms of of government action here? That's a great, great question, Gavin. I, I, I think we have to recognise that the government does some some good things. We have to recognise that when they do it, forming DSIT, the Department for Science, Innovation and Technology, was a good thing because it brings the focus around science, engineering and innovation into one department. But when you think about how the government can help industry bringing new products to market, I've been in this industry or in associated industries for 25 odd years now, bringing products to market. And one thing that, that I don't think 
the government really understand properly is it isn't just about the front end of innovation. And yes, investing in front end innovation is critical. But how do you develop that pipeline? Because for every every 10 products you start with in an innovation pipeline, typically one or even fewer than than that come to market because the pipeline is one in which products don't make it to market for a number of reasons. However, what I would say for every one pound you invest in the front of end of innovation, you spend 10 pounds in everything else in manufacturing scale up marketing uh, and delivering those products to the market. So I think that there needs to be a commitment from the government to invest heavily in the sector in the in the end to end value chain, because it is all about delivering growth, growth in jobs, high skill jobs in particular, and really around regional regeneration. You know, I'm based in Durham, in an area which is pretty underserved in the past from industrial investment in these past 20 years. So I think it needs to address a number of factors. You know, we talk a lot about levelling up, and so that's an important criteria as well. I think the other key thing, though, is what other important factor that the government really needs to consider, and we hear a lot about this from the Prime Minister and the Chancellor, in that the government are very, very keen to see the free market to grow the sector and that there should be little or no subsidy. And I disagree with that. I think that we need to think a little bit more laterally. And let's be clear, there is no free market in semiconductors. There hasn't been for decades. Uh, and even more so today with the US and the EU Chips Act. And that's a real challenge for us. And so the UK needs a level playing field. Otherwise, we will get left behind. Um, existing companies will leave the UK because there are greater benefits elsewhere, or they'll simply pass us by on the way to France, on Germany or the US. You know, every week I see announcements about new investments in fabs in the US and Germany and France, particularly around power semiconductors, silicon carbide targeted at EV infrastructure. We in the UK have a role to play in this ecosystem and we need to get the investment profile and the investment partnerships right. Well, let's dig into those international comparisons a little bit because several countries, as you say, are <clears throat> putting out their own announcements about strategies, their own announcements about investments. Can you give us a feel for what's going on in some of our major competitors and therefore what the UK government needs to respond to, I guess? So a lot of these announcements around the US CHIPS Act and the EU's response to that are in recognition of the role or the influence that China has and, and Taiwan in particular around some of the core components that underpin our everyday lives, particularly mobile phones and other electronic products. The US and the EU CHIPS Act in particular are focused around reshoring and investing in silicon fabs. You know, Intel are investing in Arizona. I see that Intel are considering Germany. I think that the silicon manufacturing has probably passed the U UK by, and that's not an area manufacturing. I mean, obviously, we have a key role to play with ARM in design IP. So we talked earlier about focusing on our core strengths in the UK that should be around compound semiconductors and you know compound semiconductors find their way into again lots of products that we touch every day whether they be phones whether they be cars or even simple you know consumer electronics devices such as you know vacuum cleaners etc they underpin everything we do so investing in this type of technology i think is important to the uk so let's just explore a scenario a little bit you you talked about growth safeguarding and security uh, and from what you're just saying, 
the UK is uh, not going to be a major manufacturer in silicon fab, but could potentially be a major manufacturer in compound semiconductors. And presumably then, if we get to that point, in order to secure and safeguard our supply of all the semiconductors we need, we need to be in a position of strength in one area of semiconductors in order to be able to ensure that we get all of the semiconductors we need, including all the, the silicon ones. Is that more or less what you're saying? Not quite. I think it's going to be very, very challenging for the UK, given our size and the investment that probably will be available to onshore or produce everything we need. Semiconductor supply chains are complex. We are in in Western Europe. You know, we have uh, friendly nations. Um, you know, over in Europe and in the in the US, and we need to partner with those with those countries where appropriate. However, we do have manufacturing capability here right now, and and I would like to see the UK government support existing compound semiconductor manufacturers and help to grow others. Um, we have, you know, Pragmatic not very far down the road from us, and they're doing some great things. And there are others who could benefit from help from the government. It, it's all about delivering a level playing field. Uh, and the, the UK semiconductors manufacturing in the UK is key to helping us secure critical supply chains. I talked about defense of the realm earlier. And that's really, really important because if you've got critical components that contribute to important military infrastructure, do you really want to rely on other countries for those products? I would argue you shouldn't. And so therefore, the government needs to consider that in its future-looking defence and semiconductor strategy. You mentioned a couple of times levelling up and sort of regional issues. And I wondered if you could, uh, and you mentioned a couple of places, but I wondered if you just give us a feel for um, where semiconductor industry is around the UK and, you know, some of the potential places that uh, an investment in semiconductor could benefit in the sort of areas that need more development within the UK? Sure. So there are, I think there are essentially um, outside of uh, London and the you know, kind of the Cambridge uh, area, I think there are really two key areas. The one is the South Wales region. They've invested or the government and companies have invested heavily in South Wales around Cardiff and Newport in the last 20, 25 years. Um, and indeed, you know, the semiconductor catapult uh, is based in South Wales. And I'm pleased to say that um, they're also now opening an office up in the northeast of England, where the there is another cluster around semiconductors. We've been in the region now for about 25 years. As I said earlier, we've got Pragmatic down the road in um, also building their new factory. And I think so with those two areas, which typically, you know, are kind of post-industrial regions in the UK, where the levelling up agenda has been focused, I think those are the two areas where I think could benefit from further investment from from industry and from from central government. The government has ambitions to be a science superpower and to be a tech superpower. How does this kind of strategy fit into that? You know, I, I hear a lot from government that we want to be a tech superpower by 2030. Now, that's not far away, right? And it may be a slogan. Uh, however, I think it really does set a goal and it sets the direction of travel for where the government wants to go. And I think, you know, semiconductors und underpin everything that we do in our daily lives. And only through serious 
and sustained investment will underpin this aspiration to deliver this goal. You know, I think the government needs to act now and it needs to act decisively to secure the future of the vital UK semiconductor industry. Well, let's see exactly how that pans out. We are uh, at the end of our time here and we are sitting on the edge of our seats today, waiting and hoping for the uh, semiconductor strategy to come out. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, Ian Croston, thank you very much. Thank you, Gavin. You've been listening to the podcast from the Foundation for Science and Technology. My guest this week was Ian Croston, General Manager of Coherent. The UK Semiconductor Strategy is the subject of an evening discussion event being organised by the Foundation for Science and Technology on the 24th of May. Details of that event, which is free to attend, can be found on our website at www.foundation.org.uk forward slash events. Also on the website are details of all our other events, all our blogs, journals and all previous editions of this podcast. Until the next time, goodbye.